Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yep, it is hump day. That's right. Welcome back, kids. What's up? The Georgia Guidestones blew up this morning, or at least a portion of them. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation, um, or at least they're investigating this, uh, they said that it was hit by an explosive. If you don't know what the Georgia Guidestones are, we're going to go over that in just a minute. But it is hump day. You're halfway there. Hang on. Just like I told the people running the Peachtree Road Race when I was sitting outside with my coffee. Total slug. Didn't even care. I was just there to encourage people. I'm so glad I did. Because they just really, they changed my heart. It's amazing how that works and how isolated we can become. And we don't even know it, especially for those of us who work from home. Um, you know, I spent, oh my gosh, I spent so much time on the road in 2021 that my home became like a hotel. It, it was just, I was in, I was out, showered, packed, repacked, get out on the road again. And um, for the entire year, and I actually enjoy that. I love traveling, um, but my home is my sanctuary, um, but it can also become like my cave, I mean, dudes in their men caves, man caves, have nothing on me whenever it comes to being able to, like, see y'all. I love being uh, alone. Not like solitary confinement kind of alone, uh, but I'm, I, you know, as public as I am, <laughs> it's really funny how that happens. Like, the more public you become, uh, the more private you become for some people and others are just such attention whores that they have to be in the spotlight all the time. They got to be here. They got to, and I used to chase that dragon of, Oh, well, so-and-so is going to be there and you're on this guest list and you're, you know, you're in VIP. <laughs> I live in Atlanta where everybody's a producer, right? And so when I was in the music industry, so it's just like, mm, you can chase that stuff, man. And you just chase it and chase it and you never catch it. And then once you do, you're like, wow, this is kind of like Oz. This is like, is that all there is to this? And then the older you get, for sure, you're just like, I don't even have time for all that. I just want to do my God-given purpose. I want to be productive. I want to inspire you guys. I want to bring you data and truth and encouragement and resources. And I want us to hunker down as a community and, you know, make sure that you move your assets into something that is going to shelter you during these horrible financial uh, times. And, you know, and just and, and do this thing like in a godlike uh, manner and get on with our business, get on with our lives, get on with our joy and our fellowship, right? That's what I'm trying to do. I don't give a rat's behind about being in somebody's VIP list and behind the ropes and all that. <laughs> you know, when people are like, oh, we'd like for you to come speak and we're going to offer this and that. I'm like, you don't have to offer all that. I'm happy to come and speak at your event. I'm glad to be there. Can't wait. I don't need gray M&Ms and strippers. And that would be weird. But, you know, especially for Christian events. Although if some churches were a little bit more honest, I think we might be surprised about what on, what's on some of those writers. But that's not me. Not diva here. Mm -mm. I just want you to let me do my job and leave me alone. Simple. So. Speaking of someone who wants you to leave them alone while they do their job, ah, <laughs> I'm not in favor of him being on the 24 ticket. I'm not going to lie because I think Florida needs him. And I just don't think it's his time to be on that ticket unless it's in a VP capacity, which I don't think it will be. But uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, man, he is, speaking of blowing things up, um, he is just blowing apart this, as I refer to them, as like the masochistic medical community. I mean, talk about 
another leg of warfare as if we needed another one, right? Most of you don't feel like you can trust your physicians. Don't blame you. I really don't blame you. I've had friends die in the hands of others during COVID because they weren't vaccinated. I've had my friends who who are part of hospital administration who have since left because they could not believe the things they were seeing occur in their hospitals across the country over COVID, right? And so I don't trust the medical community. There's only a handful of people I trust, and one of them we just lost last week, Dr. Zelenko. Lovely man. I was honored to promote his product out of respect for his family and his loss. And for a time of mourning, I have not been promoting his products because I think that that is the uh, honorable thing to do uh, for now. But I do encourage you to still give to, you know, his work and, um, and perhaps I will pick that back up in the near future, but uh, definitely a, a loss for this country. Um, You know, it's certainly the medical community at large, uh, large contributions, large heart, great mind, um, truth teller, very honest, and was taken home too early and was taken home by cancer. I could do an entire show on how on dignity and on discretion and how undervalued and understated discretion is. And I'll do that at a future date, but, um, I'm going to let some time pass before I do that. But I, I think it's important. We are so detail-demanding. We're so detail-centric. We just demand to have details on demand to everyone's life, everyone's illness, everyone's death, everyone's demise, you know, everyone's celebration, everyone's sex life, and mainly because we've been dragged into people's bedrooms for the past umpteen years. Uh, you know, and now we just have this expectation of, well, hey, where's my popcorn? And why am I not invited? Why don't well, I need to know all the details of when he took his last breath and how and and what he looked like? And, you know, it's like, okay, okay, okay. No, no. Somebody has to be the adult in the room here. Come on, guys. And it's like, mm-mm. and I when I was in nursing and caring for patients, and I'm still this way. You can ask anyone who knows me. I'm huge on huge on um someone maintaining their dignity no matter where they are in a dis-ease process their dignity is very important especially with your older people oh my gosh man you want to get throat mm, you want to get yeah mess with some old people on my watch it won't end well for you anyway i digress but the medical community at large has turned into this swamp or either it's been a swamp and we're just now like finding out about it. Uh, and there are, like I said, there are a few, a handful, maybe two. Yeah. I can count them on two hands, uh, in the medical, uh, profession who I trust. I would trust to care for me, my daughter, my granddaughter, my mom. Uh, and I have, you know, friends, uh, I refer you guys to them who I believe have their finger on the pulse of what the truth is in science and who are not afraid to actually practice science, uh, those guys. But by and large, I mean, wow. And one of the number one things that I, it would make my blood boil was hearing from families who didn't get to say goodbye to their loved ones. During COVID. For those of you in the middle, in the medical community who are in hospital administration, and those of you who stood by those ridiculous rules that were made up on the fly to punish people who weren't vaccinated and to, and to separate families in a time when, if you understand nothing else about medicine, You know how important it is for people to have loved ones around them in the healing process, right? The body responds to touch, to voices that are familiar, to safety, to protection, to covering, to advocacy. The human body responds to patient advocacy. I hope that God has mercy on your souls for being those people who allow that to take place on your watch, 
I actually hope for something entirely different, but it's not very Christian. And so I'm not going to say it, but I, but in my heart of hearts, I really do want Jesus to have mercy on y'all because my mercy stick is about that long. I have no mercy for that. It is inexcusable. You have zero excuse for allowing patients to die alone during COVID. And some of you are still practicing it right now. It's disgusting. It is despicable. I I cannot believe some of the stories that I've heard. I had I had one friend whose husband did actually die and he was actually a hospital administrator. Um, but he refused to get injected. And so his hospital basically was like, well, wow, hate it. And their treatment was unbelievable. And she was threatened with if she left the hospital to go get her belongings to come back and be with her husband, she would not have been allowed back in. I mean, this is the the psychosis of the medical community again at large um is is really astounding i mean forget about the cdc and and who and all that mess you know you have hospital admit well you're going by cdc guidelines i'm not i don't believe that did they send out memos telling you that patients couldn't uh you know could not that loved ones could i mean wait till you hear what i'm about to play for you but but is that how that went down? I don't think so. Not according to my buddies who are in the hospital administration who eventually left because they watched patients who were looked over for things like um, organ transplants, really important things, right? Uh, you know, not like a bedpan. We're talking about organs. And they were passed over for surgeries as well that were life-altering and necessary to sustain their lives. These patients were passed over because they weren't injected. So there's a part, see, the fleshy part of me hopes that God allows these people who have died to actually visit all of you in your sleep. That's the fleshy part of me. I'm just being real. But the Christian part of me and the spirit side of me says, Monica, now you know you're supposed to forgive people. And I do, and I can. But I'm as Southern as a biscuit. And if you know anything about Southern women, or women in general, I think, you know, we do have the memories of elephants. And like my late pastor used to say, a woman will always forgive you eventually. I like that. I like that disclaimer. So here we are. Let's head over here and listen to Governor Ron DeSantis, who is introducing this amazing new act called the No Patient Left Alone Act, as if Governor Ron DeSantis could get any better. Now, I do have a couple of issues with Ron DeSantis and some things that he signed during the emergency use authorization, uh, you know, that gives him a lot of latitude in the event of another emergency in the, in the form of a pandemic. Um, you know, but I'm not even sure that my own governor has actually given up the ghost on his emergency uh, power. I don't know, Debbie Dooley, maybe that's something else for you to look into, but that's really interesting to me. You give these dudes a little bit of power, man, and they just run on down into the end zone. So let's listen to Governor Ron DeSantis tell us himself what, I mean, this will blow your mind, some of the things that these patients have been through, unless you're one of them, but the No Patient Left Alone Act, exactly what this does. Here we go. The bill that we're going to sign today is called the No Patient Left Alone Act, and it increases patient protections and ensures Florida families have a fundamental right to visit their loved ones receiving care in Florida hospitals, hospices, and long-term care facilities. The bill bans uh, facilities from requiring visitors to show proof of COVID vaccination. Amen. Also, policies cannot prohibit physical contact such as hugging between their loved ones. They would actually police this where you go in and you said, okay, you may be able to go, but you can't give uh, your wife a hug or you can't give your 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 kid a hug. I mean, Despicable. give me a break. And so we need to be able to protect that. Uh, this ensures families can be there and patients can have their support system around them when it ma matters most. 
Amen, Governor Ron DeSantis. Good job. I love it. So, as I said yesterday, we were going to this morning in your wake-up call, which I'm giving you guys wake-up calls every morning now, um, just to kind of a brief overview of what's coming up for the day and to really encourage you, to inspire you, to also give you information about what to pay attention to. If, if you guys are not running down to your state legislatures with this legislation, with this act, with an act that mirrors this, you are missing the boat. And for you voters out there, you need to be tearing up the phone lines to your uh, respective state legislators, your state Senate members. And this needs to happen in your state. We should never go through that again, ever. I mean, this is like third world. I mean, hell, people in dirt huts have, you know, better, uh, quote, medical service than this when Bill Gates isn't over there injecting them with weird, you know, stuff. So speaking of people who are interested in eugenics, okay, let's pop back over here. I want to go to the Georgia Guidestone. Oh, this was kind of interesting. If you guys missed this, the FBI, um, <laughs> they tweeted, and I couldn't help myself because it's like the comments on this thing are brutal and i'm always amazed at people who comment on the fbi's twitter feed (laughs) because i'm like so there's your red flag right law right so you're just adding yourself to the list whatever list they decide to come up with next and so but they're actually riotous if you're not following the fbi on twitter or facebook or wherever you are they're following you so you may as well follow them but it says The hashtag FBI child ID app. Mm. The first mobile application created by the Bureau provides a convenient place to electronically store photos and other vital information of your (laughs) about your children so that it's literally right at hand if you need it. Learn more uh, at go.usa.gov backslash XJSFM period. Now, do you think it's a good idea to add your children in photos and all their vital information? I mean, it sounds good. Like, I mean, I guess if they had asked for this, you know, uh, Dang, even yeah, maybe eight years ago, like when some of my friends were there. Um, there it is. There it is. The FBI child ID with a little kid hand on it. Um, you know, and I do have friends in the bureau who are actually really awesome people, and um, and I'm of the persuasion that you know, once a fed, always a fed. No offense, and uh, but I'm very disappointed with what the Bureau has become. Um, that it has allowed itself to become uh, weaponized against the people they are, or historically, um, have been entrusted to protect. Right? To me, it's grievous. It's like, I don't even make fun of it because it's, it's just, um, it's grievous. I'll just, I'll just say that. But would you put, I mean, considering where we are as a nation, do you think that's a plausible thing to do? I don't know. Maybe you do. Um, I would not submit my photos of my cat to the FBI, much less or vital information about my dog's vaccination records, uh, much less pictures or vital information of anyone in my family. And that really is an indictment on the FBI. And again, it's awful because I, I do believe that there are, you know, people in different field offices who probably look around and go, what the hell? Thanks, you know, for making the rest of us look crappy. So I don't, I don't think every person in the bureau or the agencies um, are awful, uh, but they certainly leave um, a lot to be admired. Now, okay, 
Uh, whole place. I'm, I'm scrolling. Oh, you gotta love this. Okay. I'm like, is America next? Uh, protests in Ecuador continue due to rising fuel costs and inflation. Angry crowds are clashing with the police. Uh, and it looks really bad. Listen to this. There's tear gas. I mean, there's like millions of people just in these. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's all kinds of explosions happening. People are like, suck it. And see, you guys don't think that that, uh, that we could get to this critical mass, or maybe you do. Actually, I think some of you have just been chomping at the bit to get to this place. And I want to encourage you not to take the bait. Just don't even take the bait. Don't even, don't even go there at all. Don't even think about it. I know that the enemy's in your head trying to make you feel weak and like you're some kind of complacent. Um, but don't take the bait is all I'm going to tell you. This, you know, this is not the time. Um, okay. And some of you are like, well, when is the time, Monica? When are we supposed to take our country back? Well, some of you are just so hunkered down about the midterms. Why don't you wait and see if that thing turns out to be legitimate? <laughs> uh, okay. So speaking of, all right, here we go. All right, where are we? Oh, and you got to love Kamala Harris. God bless her. She says, um, gas prices are high. I want to say this in like my most amazing um, valley girl, white girl voice right now because I don't mimic her very well. There's another white lady that does it really good, but I'm not her. Uh, but so she, I, this is my this is my actual dumbest voice I can think of. Okay, ready? So gas prices are high due to gas prices not being low. <laughs> I just said that out loud. I did. U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris says, quote, gas prices are high due to gas prices not being low as before. <laughs> she goes on to say, to get back to lower prices, we have to acknowledge gas is high, which is the opposite of low. <laughs> I mean, wow. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. So my thought was, well, for those of you who thought you were too dumb to run for office or serve as VP, be encouraged. The bar is definitely now non-existent. Okay, so let's get let's get back up here to the Georgia Guidestones. Okay, so apparently this thing went kaboom uh, at some point. What I'm trying to see what the timestamp is on this. It's like what is it? One o three in the morning or something? Okay, here we go. Let's uh, let's get over here. So there we are, the Georgia Guidestones. Scones. <laughs> the Georgia Guide Scones. There it is. You see it? It's just like, uh, that thing looks like a drone strike. I don't know what it is with South Georgia and drone strikes, that poor kid. Um, uh, there are some people who believe that that little Harrison boy, God rest his soul, uh, that was not an accident. Um, yeah, that that was a drone strike. I mean, I'm like, ooh. I hadn't even thought about that before, but now that you've mentioned it, um, it's kind of weird that your engine block ends up like, you know, a whole football field away from your car because someone slammed into the back of you. That's not how that works. So, uh, again, God rest his soul, horrible loss for the state of Georgia. Um, okay, so the Georgia Guidestones, there we are. Boom! Mm. Speaking of Bill Gates and eugenics programs and vaccinations and, you know, poor people in Africa who are just like, no, you are not welcome back on our continent ever. Right. So the guy, the Georgia Guidestones, and we can talk more about this. Um, hold on. Does it have any? No, it's just footage. I want to go through and read some of the. Uh, oh, interesting. It blew up at exactly three 33. Interesting. Uh, why are there no videos from the opposite side? Again, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations um, is saying that it it was struck with something. Obviously, it was blown up at 3.33 uh, a.m. And here it is, 666 miles from the U.N. head office. I mean, really demonic, uh, you know, Things that are on here. Oh, there it is. It's on the ground, y'all. This reminds me. I'm just like, okay, so was it God? Was it a drone? Like, obviously, somebody, uh, you know, dropped something on that guide stone. So, so much for the guide stone. Um, but they're trying to get to, oh, here's somebody. The 33rd verse of Ezekiel 
is God's declaration that a day of reckoning will come to all those who pretend to love the Lord but deny him. I don't think anybody who has anything to do with the Georgia Guidestones, whoever that is, um, is thinking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I mean, this thing is a, is an altar uh, unto itself. So the, oh, that's interesting. So people are, you know, all on there. Oh, it could have been the boogeyman. You know, maybe it was George Soros, uh, you know, and you know how you all know how that's going to go for a period of time. But, but the, but the main component to that is that the earth should not have more than 500 million people. Well, that's a lot of people (laughs) that just need to go bye-bye according to the Georgia Guidestones. So, you know, for those who are accused of being Q, whatever that is, um, or QAnons or Anons or Blue Anons, I don't even know anything about that stuff. Um, how about just look with your own eyes and, and listen with your own ears and inquire of the Lord and pray and ask for discernment. Whatever information comes your way, you know, you just chew the meat, you spit out the bones and you keep moving. Not everything has to turn into this big conspiratorial theory. Some things really are a conspiracy. They just are. So I want to talk about this, okay, because um, the No Patient Left Alone Act. Okay, so loneliness, right? Something that COVID did uh, to many people. Uh, not only did drinking, I mean, as we all knew during that time that we were ultimately going to see a fallout from people being isolated from one another, which is one main reason why I took exception with churches who profess Christ and and they'll quote Paul and um, and yet, and they're like, oh, Jesus came and his power is still on the earth today, but we're going to close the doors because we don't know what could be coming down the pipe with that COVID stuff. Never made sense to me. It just didn't. Never made sense to me. If anything, um, churches should have had their doors opened. They should have been, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember, his name, his last name, just completely left my brain. Uh, but he's out of um, he's out of Tennessee, and his first name is Greg, Pastor Greg. Um, it's not Price. Anyway, uh, he was one of the main ones saying, "No, we're not shutting our doors. As a matter of fact, we're not going to wear masks either because we um, we believe in the power of God, and we also believe in Psalm ninety one and um, and, and we believe that the pestilence is not going to fall in our church. Now, some of you are like, oh my gosh, here she goes, all of her hocus pocus, hoobly goobly stuff. Uh, but no, I'm actually talking about spiritual things. And so for those of you who don't believe, I know you're not going to discern it because spiritual things are discerned by the spirit. So we're good. I'm not offended. Uh, and this may all sound weird to you, but you know, your, the power of your words to declare life or death over yourself and over others is extremely uh, real. I mean, even people in New Age know that. Uh, People at CERN know that. There's a whole other show. (laughs) Uh, People at CERN understand matter and the power of thoughts and that your thoughts and your words are actually comprised of particles and matter that have energy behind them, which is is completely in alignment with what the word says. It, It brings life or it brings death, right? And so you're either blessing or you're cursing at any given time with your mouth. Well, your mind is set in the same fashion, which is why it's important to remember as Christians that we have the mind of Christ, right? And so whenever it comes to loneliness, when you when you study anything about loneliness, right, what you realize is that loneliness is very different from being alone. And some of you are surrounded by people, yet you are the loneliest you've ever been. Some of you are married and you go to bed lonely every night. Loneliness is subjective. It is a subjective way of feeling and thinking about your particular circumstances uh, of being alone or the quality of your life is really what it comes down to. And so why I'm so ardently 
against people in the medical community who keep their loved one, keep people's loved ones from them for any reason. When someone is down in a hospital bed and knowing what I know, having dealt with a dying spouse and having, uh, you know, my own daughter dealing with over a decade of health issues in her childhood that left us at the mercy of healthcare professionals. And thankfully, in children's health care, you do tend to get a different level of health care, um, thankfully. But I still lived and breathed as her patient advocate. And there wouldn't have been anyone who could have stopped me from being in the room with my daughter. And I and thank God my mother never fell ill during COVID uh, because, or my daughter or anyone else I love, because you guys would have seen me on national nightly news if someone had tried to keep me away from my loved one. So if you think that you can just drop your parents off or your loved ones off, like your pets at the pet sitter uh, at a hospital because they're sick and you're thinking you're still naive enough to think that they're actually going to get the care that they deserve. Um, then whenever they get up out of that sick bed, they deserve to, you know, put a broom upside your hind end because don't ever leave your loved ones in the care of the medical community by themselves. Patient advocacy begins with you. And so God bless Governor DeSantis for doing this. I'm so grateful. Again, you guys should be running down the field with your own state legislatures to make sure that something of this nature and this magnitude passes in your state, or you will be beholden to the medical Nazis once again at some point in the future. I don't think this is the last we've heard of a pandemic. Uh, So, yeah. But when we're talking about loneliness, you know, COVID, COVID really instigated, you know, you're seeing an uptick in heart disease, uh, blood pressure, uh, strokes, and it's not all injected orient, uh, oriented. Uh, you've got, these are also byproducts of people who started drinking more. They started eating more. They weren't as active as they were prior to COVID. They've gotten into a slump. Uh, cortisol levels are at this constant dripping because that's what happens when you, whenever you live in this heightened state of, okay, the sky is falling. Right. And I got to keep up with the news to tell me where the sky is falling next. And whenever you keep up with the news, if you're not being fed any level of hope or joy or, or reason to come out of your shell and re-engage in society, and all you're being told is that white people suck and black people are dangerous and, and, you know, who knows? And the border's open and we're all being invaded, uh, you know, and Trump's going to prison, you know, or what, whatever it is you're being fed. Uh, you know, they're coming for your kids. Uh, I mean, that's just like drip, drip, drip. I mean, let's face it. The entire nation right now is connected to a drip pole, an IV pole. Every one of us, I don't care who you are. Uh, everyone is hooked up to an IV pole. And most of us are just sitting there, you know, with the little lever that allows the liquid to drip down into your vein. Well, most people are just like, those levers are broken. It's just wide open, about to blow out all kinds of veins. Uh, with people, you know, sitting in their recliners, watching the news on Twitter all the time, on Facebook, pitching, you know, picking fights with people, uh, stressed out about this, stressed out about what about the midterms? What about oil prices? What about the economy? What about gas? What about my job? What about a recession? Forget about a recession. Y'all need to be thinking depression. Uh, what about food shortages? What about supply chain? Drip, 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 cortisol, cortisol, cortisol. Your bodies are like, wasn't designed for all this, was not designed for that. That's why Jesus says, do not fear, 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 do not worry, do not worry, do not worry, do not fear, do not fear. I got you. I got this. I got you. I've always had you. I will clothe you. God clothes you. He clothes the birds. He he fed Elijah uh, in the woods with ravens. Uh, you know, it, the kingdom of heaven is more than food and it's more than raiment. You know, I got this. I'm God. I got you. And we're like, yeah, but, yeah, but this, and what about that? But this, and what about that? And the, the Democrats did this, and then the hermaphrodites did that, and the transvestites are flopping their boobies around in front of our kids. And, you know, what about this, Jesus? And what about that? What about this? Like anything, any of this craziness down here takes God by surprise. 
And in the meantime, you become more and more isolated in your mind. And if loneliness is subjective, it begins in your mind. The battlefield is always in your mind. You don't think your military industrial complex knows that? You don't think your social media people know that? You don't think the the little Oz people directly behind social media platforms know that? They bank on it. It's how wars are started and they're funded and they're ended or they're continued. I mean, they're in perpetuity. It's, it's, it is where we are. We are, we live in a battle space, spiritually speaking, Ephesians 6 and 12, we just do. And so again, some of you, loneliness is subjective. Loneliness is a state of mind. It is a feeling. It is a quantitative, I'm sorry, it's a qualitative, not quantitative uh, quality of some, about someone's life. You know, people who retire well um, are people who have hobbies, right? There, there are uh, characteristics to people who retire well, and most of them have at least four hobbies, according to uh, one particular expert in this field. Uh, four hobbies, you know, friends, neighbors, uh, but even with all of that, sometimes people still feel really lonely because whenever they're finally alone with themselves and they're by themselves and they could be lying next to a wonderful spouse, they could have a quiver full of grandchildren and great-grandchildren and hobbies and money and wealth and notoriety and respect and honor and all these things, but the quality of their lives is still very lonely inside because it is extremely personal. And so the battle for your mind begins in the spirit. And the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. Amen. And so whenever Jesus says, don't fear because the kingdom of heaven is at hand and it's inside of you. And there's so much inside of you and you have my mind and the mind of Christ is not limited to the natural. The mind of Christ is not limited to what your Congress is or isn't doing. The mind of Christ is not limited to who's running this country into the ground. The mind of Christ is not limited to abortions. It's not limited to racism. It's not limited to anything that is, that is man saying amen to demonics. Christ is above that. And if you're a Christian, you're told that you're seated within him at the right hand of the Father. So you're above it too. And so I really want to encourage you guys to take some inventory about where you are. Look around your life. Start with you, though. I always say that. I end every single show with be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror, right? Because Jesus said, you know, these things, there's only two things that hinge on on all of the commandments is that love God with all your heart and soul and mind, mind, right? And love your neighbor as yourself, so we live in the era, in the age, which is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun, by the way. But we live in this age, this dispensation of self-everything. It's really not self-love. It's actually self-idolatry. People who can't apologize. People who outwardly uh, you display this great concern for other people, but inwardly they're like, yeah, well, where's mine? You know those people. I do too. And so, and, and none of us are above thinking that way, but you have to choose humility. You have to choose to walk after Christ. You have to choose, um, you know, to put on the mind, to live in the mind of Christ and to live that out. The mind of Christ is always going to be okay within himself because he knows who and whose he is. So he's complete. He is whole. He is holy. You are complete. You are whole. You are called to live a holy life. We all are. And there's nothing fearful or dreadful about uh, living a holy life. And it's not impossible. It's really not. And, And the only way to do it, all jokes aside, you have to first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and submit to him and then resist. And then the devil flees. 
But most people are out here trying to do things in their own strength. They're busy pointing the finger at other people. You know, they're beating the crap out of people, spiritually speaking, you know, with their own planks in their eyes, you know, with, the, with their little religious zealot two by fours. Um, you know, everybody's beating the bushes for devils, trying to see who's a false prophet, who's not. I mean, oh my gosh, if we spent more time uh, focused on, you know, Christ's actual love and admonition and speaking truth and raising our kids in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, we wouldn't have a generation of kids who are like, well, I think I want to cut my wanky off. Or I think I want to sit around in my pajamas and play games all day and tattoo my body up with demonic images because that too I've actually given my body and my mind over to. And I'm not saying that there's not a very real place for um, people who are mentally disturbed. Uh, mental illness is extremely real. Uh, that is a medical issue that should be, I believe, should be dealt with uh, with a two-pronged approach. Um, actually, multifaceted approach. So not just two, but you, but for you to simply medicate mental illness and not address someone's spiritual condition to me is you're missing the mark. And we've done that to an entire generation of children. They're, they're boys. They're, they're, they're rambunctious. They're excited. They want to be out in the field. They want to be running. They want to be, you know, tearing stuff up, whatever, you know, they want, they want to be on bikes. They, they want to be outside. They want to be exploring. And what do we do? We have a generation of riddling kids, you know, and then we wonder what's happened to their brains. They sit around on their couches all day in their pajamas, eating Cheetos, you know, playing, uh, shoot them up and, and mutilate them and, you know, video games. And what do you, what do you think is going to, what do you think we're going to look like 10 years from now with the metaverse? Curious. You guys are more concerned about an 18 year old young man being able to get his hands on a weapon And you will go out today. This is your hypocrisy. You will go out today and buy that same kid. You'll buy that same aged kid or younger uh, video games that perpetuate and include them. That hardwire their minds for murder. And then you want to come for my gun? Oh, I don't think so. No. And see, I don't get crazy about that stuff because I'm like, no, no, you can't have my guns. So no, it's not even up for discussion. I don't have to get nuts about it. I don't have to, you know, lose my mind over it. It's just, no, this discussion isn't even about guns. It is for the disarming of this nation so that we will look like Canada and, and you know, uh, Australia and every other nation that is now, uh, you know, the Dutch who are having to use cow manure to fight off their own government that's completely weaponized and militarized. And so, no, no, it's non that's non-negotiable. So next, right? But we're not, we're not fighting the fight. We're not fighting the fight with either kerosene or a fire hydrant in the way of legislation around what these kids should and should not have access to in the way of video gaming. Sorry, uh, you. it is impossible for you to deny that children's minds are wired in accordance to what they hear. This is called nurture and nature uh, upbringing. So what they hear, what they see, and what they practice. And when a kid sits in a video game for, you know, four to six hours out of the day, uh, shooting and murdering, and that, you know, someone's mind at that age um, there's some, there's a, there's a, there's a numbing effect that takes place in someone's mind as they, as they, they burrow out that, that synaptic pathway in your anatomical brain that keeps you going back to the same habits over and over. And you do it without even thinking about it. It's really called reprobation. Um, but because it's become this habit, your brain pathways, your synapses have actually grown in such a way, literally anatomically, um, that you couldn't stop yourself if you wanted to. And unless you apply new information 
and you allow those synapses to die off in your brain and you create new neural pathways. But these kids don't have access to new neural pathway building. Because, I mean, no one's around them to actually feed them good things and to pull them away from this violent culture in which we live. And so they're lonely. I'm not making excuses for these kids, and I'm also really tired of throwing an entire generation of these kids who are out here in their pajamas and blowing things up and burning things down, and they hate America. Someone allowed that to happen. And at some point, as as a generation of parents and teachers, uh, educators and physicians, someone's going to have to take some spiritual responsibility for that. And you're going to have to repent before God for it. And you're going to have to get right in order for God to restore this country to our sanity. That's just my humble opinion on that. So, you know, loneliness, again, emphasizes the quality rather than the quantity. And, you know, most people want to know, am I seen? Am I heard? Am I understood? You know, whether you are a hermit and you work online all day, you know, you want to know that you have intrinsic value to your respective, uh, you know, group, your company, your team, your squad, uh, you know, your church, your small group, your marriage, (laughs) your own family, you know, really basic things here. And so whenever people are lonely, there's an economic impact on us as a nation that we pay for on every possible level, whether it's drugs, mass shootings, um, health care, you know, the penal system. We have casualties all over this nation because of loneliness. So shame on you for all of you who allowed people to lie in their beds in your facilities, lonely, dying, and those who died alone. They didn't get to bury their loved ones. They didn't get to honor them. Can you imagine how many people, again, here goes my flesh. Like there's a part of me that hopes that whenever you're on your deathbed, that God allows you to feel how every one of those patients felt whenever they they lie there alone, dying, afraid as their lungs were, you know, pushed out of their bodies with, uh, you know, ventilation that was completely unnecessary or certain medications that shut down all of their organs. And you kept people away from them who would have been very vital to their, if they were going to pass, they could have passed with love and honor and dignity. And you robbed people of that. And there, there's a very big part of me that hopes that you one day know what that feels like. On the other hand, you know, Jesus is inside of me going, Monica, you got to forgive people. Amen. And I do. You know what? I'll forgive you eventually. Isn't that what my pastor said? <laughs> Uh, okay, remember what I said. Get on over to monicamatthews.com backslash Goldco. Thank you to those of you who are doing that. Congratulations, more ladies are starting to do that as well. You know, for as much as people love to man bash and, you know, why is it always the man and the finances and blah, blah. But I'm seeing more men actually taking control of their family's finances by ensuring that you guys are not left completely butt out uh, whenever this whole dollar taps out. So congratulations, gentlemen and ladies who are heading over to my website, monicamatthews.com backslash goldco. Also, to those of you who love to support our our resident patriot who's been canceled literally from everything, including what I humbly believe is the nation's uh, most least American um, retailer, and that would be Walmart. They have now canceled uh, Mike Lindell as well. So you can also use my code at mypillow.com, uh, Monica, M O N I C A, to pick up some slippers, some bath sheets. I love the bath sheets, they're great. Um, 
towels, dog beds, pillows, pillowcases, uh, you name it, they've got it. MyPillow.com. M-O-N-I-C-A is your code to bless your family. So I, in speaking of that, I do want to leave you with this. I just bless you. I bless you to have a beautiful night filled with God's joy and peace and comfort. If you are one of the ones who's feeling lonely in your life right now, know that that is a feeling, that that is a mindset. Some of you are, uh, in fact, alone, right? But I got to tell you, there is nothing worse I, I will say this hands down, and I do feel for a lot of you because I know this is how your marriages are and your partnerships. Um, there's nothing worse, nothing, literally, than literally. I always think of AOC every time I say that because every word out of her face is literally, literally, literally. But literally, people who are married, you know who you are, and you're lying there at night just like, yep, this sucks. I feel so lonely. So check yourself, because you're not alone, because you obviously have someone there. But why do you feel lonely? Like do some inventory, take some personal inventory on that. Like why do you feel lonely? Because maybe you're surrounded by people and you do actually have a spouse. I don't have a spouse, so I and I don't have a partner, so I am alone, but I'm not lonely. No way. My life is so full and so rich. Um, there are times whenever I look around, I'm like, huh, well, this sucks. You know, I'm, I'm alone, right? Um, but there are most days I like it that way. <laughs> so, but other days, you know, I'm just like, if I start feeling lonely, um, I catch that and I go, okay, what else can I add to my life that doesn't just stuff it all down, but that would add value um, and and add value to someone else's life that in turn adds, adds value to mine. And again, and I'll close with this, going back to the Peachtree Road Race the other day and sitting outside and watching those guys at the starting line. And they were just so thrilled to have someone there to encourage them, to laugh with them, you know, good job, have a great race, blah, blah. Um, and so pouring into them, exponentially blessed me. I mean, my, my cup was pouring, was spilling all over the place with just a really full heart, uh, a heart filled with gratitude. That's another thing you can do is make a gratitude list. When you start to feel lonely or the enemy comes in like a slithering snake to tell you that you are lonely you start feeling that despair, you start feeling like no one cares and that you're completely invisible and you're undervalued, uh, you know, take some stop right then. And if you can't take the inventory necessary to get honest with yourself, then just start thanking God for the things you do have. Your breath, your sense of taste and smell, your eyesight, your hearing, Basic things, your ability to walk, your ability to feel, your ability to cry, your ability to prosper. I mean, oh my gosh, your list will be so long that that spirit of heaviness will lift off of you. You know, the word says to exchange a garment, uh, a spirit of a spirit of heaviness uh, with a garment of praise. So another way to get that devil off your back is to start praising the Lord because they hate that. Get up, start singing Amazing Grace, whatever you know. Jesus loves me. I don't know. It works. All right. Until next time, be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. Remember, go subscribe to my podcast. I'm everywhere. Pandora, iTunes, Stitcher, um, iHeartRadio. I'm like, yeah, life, love, and liberty. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.